And so today we come to the last uh, portion in this conversation, and it's about slowing down. Slowing down. Um, something that none of us are really good at. So I just want to let you know, even as I talk about this and the, the verse I've chosen to, to, to use this morning to, to, to have God talk to us about this, I don't feel good at this. I don't feel qualified to talk to you about slowing down. So as I'm speaking, hopefully, God's words, I'm listening as well and hopefully being shaped by what this means to slow down. So two things that we're going to look at as we talk about slowing down to live well. You know, last week we talked about how to love well. We're going to talk about how to live well today by slowing down. The first thing is our reluctance to slow down. And the second part of it is the rhythm and some things that we can do to make sure that we do slow down. So let me, let me read the verse that's printed here for us. It's from the book of Isaiah, chapter 30, verse 15. If you'll look at it with me. It says, This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. So there's an invitation that, that God has given through the prophet And you can see immediately there in the very first line of that verse, this is what the Lord God says. And then if you jump to the very part of it, it says, but you would have none of it. So let me, again, open us in prayer and just invite you to meet God. Father, we ask you to speak to us. We are busy people. Many of us right now are thinking about things that we have to get done today or even thinking about tomorrow's to-do list. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those people. So, Father, in all of our busyness, we pray right now that you would help us be still. We pray that you would help us slow down. And we pray that you would help us hear from you today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, very first thing we want to say is the premise of this slowing down is kind of the reason why. Like, why would we want to do this? Why would any individual want to slow down? I hate going slow. Um, I didn't say I hate the DMV. I don't want to throw the DMV under the bus, but there are places that are slow. There are things that are slow. There are people that are slow. The system is slow. The things about it being slow that I personally, I I can't stand it. (laughs) I like efficiency. I like things to move fast. Um, I think all of us are maybe in that together. But as it relates to God, the greatest obstacle I think we have between us and God is who God says we are and who we doubt that we are. And how does slowing down deal with that obstacle that I just named? Slowing down helps me, helps you. Here's the benefit of slowing down. It helps you and I begin to meditate, think on, receive believe in what God says about me instead of what I think about myself and what I think others think about me. I'll say it again. The largest obstacle, I believe, that we face in our relationship between us and God is what God says about us and what we doubt ourselves to be. So there's sort of a true self and a false self. Um. Look at verse 15 here. This is what God says, dot, 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 but you would have none of it. The prophet is speaking in his own day and age, and have things really changed? 
There's, there's just a, I believe, a reluctance to slow down. There's a reluctance to even hear what God wants to say to us and a reluctance about God saying who we are. William Shakespeare in Hamlet, you probably know this quote, says, God has given you one face and yet you make yourselves another. There's who we are, there's who God knows us to be, yet we insist, we're reluctant to believe in who God has made us to be and we seek to carve out a different person for ourselves. Pete Scazzaro, the writer that we've been using heavily during this sermon series, he says, slowing down can be terrifying because doing nothing productive leaves us feeling vulnerable, emotionally exposed, naked, and overworking hides these feelings of inadequacy and worthlessness, not just from others, but also from ourselves. As long as we keep busy, we can outrun that internal voice that says things like, I'm never good enough. I'm never safe enough. I'm never perfect enough. I'm never extraordinary enough. I'm never creative enough. I'm never successful enough. And he asks, do you recognize that voice? Far too many of us use workaholism to run from these shaming messages. Sadly, I've discovered, Pete still, I'm still quoting Pete, Sadly, I've discovered that this distorted concept of identity can be found in Asia to Latin America, from North America to Africa, from the Middle East to, to Europe. It's everywhere. All of us face this busyness. All of us face this drive within us and this kind of reluctance to finally get slow, be still, and hear from God. Another quote from Andriana Lefton. She's, she's a, 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 um, a blogger writes quite um, poignantly into this whole call and invitation to, to be still and to be quiet. And she says, an active life is good and laudable thing, but actions has its seasons too. One of those seasons is inaction, doing nothing. In fact, that can be one of the most profound actions that you and I do. Um, so in this whole series, we've been talking about not ignoring your emotions it's like the dashboard in your car that says check engine. You need to be listening to that. The one that says you're about to run out of gas, you should be listening to that. Emotions are very similar. Emotions are telling us what's going on in our soul. Emotions are the cry of the soul. They expose what we're doing with pain, with success. That's exactly what our emotions are mirroring is what's going on. So um, I thought we'd review the, the six principles real quickly that we've been over in the last number of weeks. And the reason why I want to review it is, as we state and as I state each of the six principles in review, I want you to be thinking about uh, what a person at Dolores Park today might say to you, or what our culture might say to you, or what a coworker tomorrow or a classmate tomorrow might say to you if you were to say one of these or all of these six principles Think about that with me. Uh, and basically, this is a, sort of a contrast between our true selves and our false selves. The first one we looked at was look beneath the surface, right? That call to be honest, be authentic, go beneath uh, the, the iceberg there and, and look and listen to what God wants to say to us versus, here's what the culture or someone at Dolores Park today might say to you, Look, you don't want to go there. 
you, you, whatever you do, you do not want to go into that dark place underneath that surface. Like, no way. Just forget about it, hide it, just sweep it under the rug. Don't go there. Don't enter. I don't need to think about that stuff. The second principle we looked at was break the power of the past versus the past is in the past. Why are you digging up the past? Why are you still dwelling on those emotions? Be forward thinking. Forget about what's behind. Let's move forward. The third principle was live in brokenness and vulnerability versus why would you dare be vulnerable? (laughs) Why would you dare show weakness and invite someone into that most intimate space of seeing your weaknesses and your vulnerability? Are you crazy? Don't let them see you sweat. You're just setting yourself up to get hurt. The fourth principle we looked at was embracing the gift of limits versus you can do anything, literally anything. You can be anything. You don't have limits. (laughs) The fifth one we looked at was embracing grieving and loss versus get busy. Don't cry over spilled milk. Do something else. Take on a new hobby. Get even more busy so that you don't have to think about grieving and loss. And the sixth one we looked at was incarnation as our model for loving well versus love is about fulfilling your own happiness. Just do what you want to do. Do what feels right. And you invent or create your own definition of what love is anyway. Uh, So our temptation in all of this is basically to manufacture a different self or a different reality, a false self rather than the true self that's here. Think about Jesus at his baptism. This is so poignant, so beautiful. Jesus at his baptism, God speaks to Jesus in this most beautiful, life-like, powerful voice saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased That's Jesus' identity. Yet remember Jesus being tempted by Satan very shortly after God spoke those words to Jesus? Remember what Jesus went through there in that temptation? It was about his own identity. Satan tells him um, as he's being tempted there. um, He says, um, if you really are the Son of God. Remember Jesus there in the desert? Jesus does that about three times with Jesus. If you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, he's picking at his identity. And that's your temptation, that's my temptation, is forgetting our true selves, getting so busy that we begin to create or manufacture a different self for self or listen to what others think self ought to be instead of being still. Pete Scazzaro, will quote him again, he says that the Holy Spirit is a divine archaeologist. So archaeologists, we, we love what they do. It's so intriguing to me what they do, but they dig beneath culture upon culture that's layer upon layer to finally excavate the origin of the very thing that they're looking for. And the Holy Spirit, see, the Holy Spirit is doing the very same work inside of you and inside of me in the life of a Jesus follower is digging and digging and beginning to excavate the true you that's really there. Uh, So this spiritual journey involves pain, does it not? 
There's pain that's involved in this because there's deconstruction going on. This is a construction zone that's happening. Um, So many of you, myself included, in going through this whole series, you feel like you're getting worse. (laughs) You're listening to some of these topics and some of these principles, and you're like, "I, I just feel like I'm getting worse. I don't feel like I'm growing at all. And I'm here to encourage you to say that's exactly why you're growing. That is exactly how and why you are growing is because it is uncomfortable. I'm not intentionally making it uncomfortable. It just is uncomfortable. And yet we have a master craftsman, God himself, the Holy Spirit, the divine archaeologist, who's the one who's at work, taking us deeper into these realms. Yet there's this reluctance. So there's that. Let's get to the rhythm, the rhythm of of slowing down. We talked about the reluctance of slowing down, now the rhythm of slowing down. Uh, As we look beneath the surface, this is below your Instagram account. This is below, I'm not not bashing social media. I use it myself, but this is, again, getting beneath why I or you or others project a certain image. This is getting beneath that and saying why I do that or why you do that, looking beneath the surface. Um, So this is more about... um, our spiritual formation, and I don't know about your spiritual formation and churches you've been involved in or maybe organizations you've been involved in, but maybe your spiritual formation was something that went along these lines. Get busy. Get busy for God. Memorize as much of Scripture as uh, humanly possible. Read the Bible as many times as possible. Um, Share your faith as much as possible. Um, pray as much as possible. And all of what I'm mentioning are are great, biblically-based, wonderful spiritual disciplines in the Christian life. But there's also uh, a spiritual formation, though, that's out there that wants to drive you towards just getting busy more and more and more and more. Um, I'll I'll quote from one of them. His name is Bill Hybels. There was a very famous sermon um, I remember hearing one time called Holy Discontent. And in this sermon, it was basically saying, look for that one thing that you can't stand, and I want you to go for that one thing, and I want you to work on it as hard as you can your whole life. And while that may start off noble and even godly, um, it's led an unspeakable amount of people towards burnout and feeling uh, very self-loathing and feeling like they have to do more. Um, so the rhythm here uh, and spir- towards spiritual maturity is, is this is not a success story. Your spiritual maturity is not a success story. Your spiritual maturity is a journey of maturation. Successes, failures, all along God getting you where he's taking you. Uh, So what's missing in what I just said about what some of those sermons and preachers have been talking about regarding our spiritual maturity? What's missing in that? How about rest? Did you hear anything about rest? Did you hear anything about relationship? My beloved son in whom I am well pleased, God says to Jesus. 
That is baptism. Perfectly loved, perfectly accepted by his Father. Let me give a couple of uh, practical examples for those of you that are still like wanting, okay, but what am I supposed to do? Resting sounds great. Um, I need it, but what, what, do I actually, what do I actually do here? The first one is create a rhythm of stopping and reflecting. Create some rhythm in the way that you do your life of, of, of just stopping and reflecting. Remember the story of Daniel, the, the plot to, to, to kind of catch Daniel not bowing down and worshiping the other god? Um, the, the interesting thing about them plotting to have Daniel executed um, is that they knew exactly where to find Daniel. And why is that? Because Daniel had three times in every day where he would stop exactly what he was doing so that he could worship his God. So they're going to find him and execute him, but they knew exactly where to find him because of how faithful he was to really take advantage of slowing down to stop and reflect. We mentioned a few weeks ago in one of our times together to, to, to use your iPhone, like use technology to set an alarm or two or maybe three per day to just remind you and me to, to stop, to pull out of whatever you're involved in. And for many of us, our jobs won't exactly let us do that, but the heart and the motive behind it is to say, I need it. I need to be doing this. I want to be doing this. Jesus, so that I could fall deeper and deeper in love with you. Uh, this, this is where that true self gets dug up and excavated when we're taking those times to be still. Uh, I'll use a quote here from Mark Buchanan in his book, uh, Your God is Too Safe. He says, Busyness is mostly a self-contrived camouflage, a way we've kept ourselves from seeing our own life's hollowness. We get busy. We camouflage ourselves with how much we're doing instead of truly getting still, creating that rhythm so that we can really hear what God wants to say to us and remind us about who we really are. Um, if, we, if we go back to the verse that we're looking at today, uh, two things that you'll see in this verse. It says, in repentance and rest is your salvation. Do you see that? In repentance and rest is your salvation. So what this looks like for, for you and for me is on this daily rhythmic kind of basis is to be repenting. It's a lifestyle of repenting. And as we've learned from David in the Psalms is that when David finally repents, when David finally gets honest about sin or what's really going on in his life, he gets rest. That is rest. Repentance is rest. Not me running from things. Not me getting busy. Um, also look here with me where it says, in quietness and trust is your strength. I mean, that's so counterintuitive to everything we're hearing in our culture right now. Or everything that those inner voices may be telling you or telling me. It says, in quietness, and in trust is your strength. That means waiting on God. Waiting on how God wants to do what God's trying to do in your life. 
So, as I said, create a rhythm of stopping and reflecting. And the second one here that I'm going to mention is rediscovering Sabbath. That word Sabbath, it's, it's like an old word. It shows up in the Old Testament, Sabbath, which basically means rest. And we, we see God's rhythm there of creating all things, and then on the seventh day, resting. And instead of telling you exactly what your Sabbath or what day that ought to be on, I'm just wanting to encourage you of a few elements that should be involved uh, or in the DNA of your Sabbath. Stopping. The Sabbath should include stopping. The Sabbath should include resting physically, emotionally, spiritually. The Sabbath should include delighting. Delighting in God himself. Delighting in who God is. Delighting in all that God is doing in your life. Delighting in the things that God delights in. Maybe it's that great meal. Maybe it's that beautiful park, that hike. But, but truly delighting. And the last one I would say uh, is contemplating. This is what meditation is. This is what reflection and contemplative lifestyle begins to look like on your Sabbath. As you stop, you rest, you begin to delight, and then you contemplate it. You think again about it. It's like regurgitating it again and again. And that's where growth comes from. Look, God's not talking down to us. I'm not talking down to us right now. God's not wanting us to feel bad about this. It's, it's, it's simply an invitation from the very verse here. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, the Holy One of Israel. It's in repentance and rest is your salvation. It's in quietness and trust. That's where your strength comes from. But will you have it? Will you believe in God's way and choosing the model of, of, of being still and slowing life down and I don't know where how you're receiving all this or how you're hearing all this but for me it sounds incredibly impossible for me to slow down um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna end this in the conversation here with just a, a time of prayer really inviting you to pray I, I want to pray I want God to speak to me to To show me that rest is possible. To show me that slowing down is possible. And to show me the irony and the miracle working power of God that actually doing less is more. Slowing down actually makes it go faster. So won't you pray with me? Father, we, um, we pray. We pray right now and we for those of us that, that are maybe keeping busy to outrun that internal voice that says things that wants to shame us like we're not good enough or we, we're not perfect enough or we're not doing enough. God, I, we invite you to speak into our lives to remind us the true self, the one that you know, the one that you love. Help us be still so that we can hear your voice. Father, remind us, show us what we're missing out on when we are reluctant and when we refuse to be quiet 
and trust and when we refuse to, to repent. Father, help us uh, listen to your voice more than these internal voices that want to sidetrack us and shame us. And we pray all of this in the name of King Jesus. Amen.